0: The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast, and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. In today's podcast, I am going to catch up with Jeremy Ivans. Jeremy is a local artist in the Limestone Coast, and he has been instrumental in painting a brand new mural at Blackfellows case, We're going to find out all the details for you soon. Now, during the course of the week, a mate of mine put a post up on social media and it made me think all about how we show support in times of crisis. And we're in a time of crisis here in Australia, as well as around the world as well. Josh Liner and I are going to chat all about the Ukraine and how you can meaningfully help in the situation going on over there right now. And speaking of how you can help in situations where you might feel a little overwhelmed, floods are taking place in Queensland and New South Wales. We've all seen the pictures during the course of the week. Locally, the SES are looking for volunteers. And right now is a chance to check out exactly what the SES do right the way across the country. We have got some incredible people doing heroic things if you have ever thought of being part of the SES here in the Limestone Coast. Now is your opportunity to do so. We're going to find out all about it soon. Let's talk murals, Blackfellows Caves. Jeremy Ivans joins me on the line. Jeremy, good morning. Hey, are you, How are you going? You're good, mate. Um, you are an incredible painter. I've told you that before. Um, tell me about this mural.
1: Yeah, it was one of Blackfellas Caves I was approached by Lorraine from the Carpenter Rocks Progress Association. They wanted some artwork put on one of the bare walls that they've got down on the foreshore there. And so, yeah, that's how it all started.
0: How do you come up with a concept for a design for for something like this mural?
1: Well, this one was a little different. I had a really good photo that I'd been given of the inside of the cave. So it's sort of looking out and it shows a lot of light that you sort of don't normally see or realize it'd be there. So... it's quite a bright sort of photo and I've just added a bit of colour in the sunset on it. But um, looking at the picture, I had to actually go in there and look at what the cave was like for myself so I could actually see how everything looks inside it. And it's got some amazing light that reflects off the ceiling of the cave, which is what you see at the top part of the photo, uh, top part of the mural.
0: Now, Jeremy, you bring up an interesting point. As locals, we make terrible tourists and we don't usually visit the places that are really cool in our own backyard. Had you ever been down to uh, Blackfellows Cave before and have a look?
1: Exactly. That's the first time I've been in the cave. I've <laughs> lived here my whole life and I've never been inside there. And they're amazing. Like they go. There's a lot of history about them too. But the caves themselves is generally, they go back into the car park, probably about halfway into the car park. They're so deep. And, yeah, it's it's right in your backyard and you don't realise what's there until you get in and have a look.
0: So what's your advice to people uh, in regards to Blackfellows Caves?
1: Yeah, well, if you can get on a paddleboard or a small dinghy or something, can, yeah, get in there and have a bit of a look. And you can check the mural out if you don't have a boat or paddleboard. And that'll give you a bit of an idea what it looks like.
0: Jeremy, what's next on the cards for you, mate?
1: Uh, I've got Ava surfboards here I've got to fix. There's lots of lots of work fixing those. Everyone's back in the surfing again and just smashing their boards up, so lots
0: of ding repairs. Fair enough. Uh, so that's any, about it. any new murals on the uh, horizon?
1: Uh, possibly a couple coming up. I've just got to sort of tee back up with the people and see if they still want to go through with it. I've sort of just yeah, been a bit busy, and they've been put on hold for a little bit. But, yeah, there is a couple of things coming up. So
0: I cannot wait to see what's next. Lobster Coasters, I get to talk to Josh Liner this morning. He's on the line. Josh, good day.
2: Good morning, how are you
0: going? You're good. Hey Josh, uh, the entire world knows what is taking place in the Ukraine at the moment and uh, there have been a lot of uh, marches and demonstrations here in Australia. There have been a lot of instances where public buildings have shone yellow and blue to support Ukraine and here in the limestone coast we're seeing some trees pop up with uh, blue and yellow ribbons but uh, it's not necessarily the way that we should be showing our support for the Ukraine people who are fighting for their lives
2: yeah i think you know and this is this is just my personal opinion i think you know it's nice to see people obviously thinking of people um that are in these situations but at the end of the day you know thoughts and prayers ribbons and wristbands don't really stop the bloodshed um it's i think it's a situation that we're all aware of we all know what's going on we all think it's bad for the most part um and i think that yeah people need to be doing. If you're going to do something to help out, then really do something. You know, um, lobby your local members to, to you know support to get the government to support these people with like financially or uh, you know with defensive uh, support or donate to the. There's a many many appeals out there. You know, save the children, UNICEF, all that that you you know you can directly make an impact. Um, and I think you know it's a nice gesture, the ribbons, um, but is it? It's not accomplishing anything. Um, do you think it's yeah. a
0: case, Josh, of people going, "I don't know how to help," and this is a way for me to feel connected to a global community?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And because that—that that is something that you get—you get, you get this helplessness whenever anything like this happens. And we see it locally as well. Whenever you know there's a, a tragedy locally, people want to do something. And for something, you know, when we have, say, an accident and people are putting, you know, their high vis out, that's that's different because this is something that affects our local community and we're all seeing that and we need to see that because that's us that's being affected these people in ukraine aren't going to see our ribbons uh they're they're a little bit too busy at the moment Mm. so i feel like look i i get it i get that you know we're not all in positions where we can you know start lobbying politicians and and donating money it's it's not fair to say that everyone should be doing that uh but at the same time i think for a lot of people uh this slacktivism, as it's often called, where you know, we change our profile picture on Facebook and, and think we've made a difference. Uh, when we and really we think, haven't. Yeah, because we, we get this false kind of tricked feeling like of, oh, I've done my bit, I'm, I'm all good, when really there's a lot more that we could be doing.
0: It's all about stepping up. And, and one of the ways that we can affect change, as you say, is to make a donation to a charity that is on the ground helping in Ukraine at the moment for the families that have been displaced, for people that have uh, become homeless, for, for those who are fleeing a country that is uh, all of a sudden war-torn. And there are ways that we can step up and help out in Australia as well by lobbying our politicians like uh, Tony Passant.
2: Yes, exactly right. And also we do have uh, a Ukrainian uh, community here in Australia and there's there's funds out there to to try and help the those people that are connected to what's going on over there as well. So, yeah, I guess just do a bit of research, see what you can find where you can make a real difference, I think, is, is the way to go.
0: Mm. Hey, Josh, other things to talk about. Um, the Grow Free Cuts, it's something that I talked about a little while ago, but uh, you've just discovered one of them.
2: Yeah, walking down the street yesterday, Commercial Street, and I come across uh, one of these Grow Free cards, and I stopped immediately because I thought, "This is what a great idea!" So, it's a great little initiative where people can drop off, you know, say seeds, fruit, vegetables, basically anything that grows, um, and also take what you need. So the the whole the whole purpose is, you know, take what you need, give what you can, um, and it's just a great way, I think, for you know, community is that community feeling. And I remember it. You know, we don't see too much of it anymore, but, you know, people would leave, you know, a bucket of lemons out the front of their house or, you know, just random fruit and vegetables that they've grown that obviously they've got too much of because that's just how it works sometimes. Mm. These days,
0: they're um, flogging it off on Facebook.
2: <laughs> exactly right. But it was always good. like And it's very refreshing. I remember walking past a house and just seeing some vegetables um, on the wall out the front. And I went, actually, why not? Like, that's, that's a, a great idea. It's about community. And it's good to see little businesses. This was out the front of Food for Thought on Commercial Street. And it was just... Yeah, why not have those around and available? And yeah, based on the comments online, there's quite a few around in the limestone Coast and people think they're great.
0: And uh, Josh, one of the great things that's happened in the last couple of days, more of the Valley Lakes have been opened up by the City Council. That's great news for everybody who love the Valley Lakes Precinct in the centre of town.
2: Yep, absolutely. So late last week, uh, we saw the reopening of Potter's Point, and uh, recreational activities are again allowed on the lake. So you go out there on the boat, do whatever you want, um, going back to yeah, how things were. So we're still a couple of steps away from the complete reopening. Obviously, Browns Lake is still closed because it's very close to the fire edge where it's burnt there. Mm. And of course, Centenary Tower, as you'd expect, uh, and the Pines area behind it. So all in good time. I think it's it's great to see the that things have opened up uh, as quickly as they can, and you know it really couldn't have happened if it wasn't for the work that the the fireys did in in protecting these areas
0: mm, and containing that fire. Hey Josh, I, I always ask you, but what are what are the people online saying about uh, the closure of the Valley Lakes, and and has the closure due to the fire, I suppose, given people a better appreciation of the Valley Lakes precinct and the fact that it really is just in the centre of town.
2: I think it has. I think more people are uh, are thinking about it, talking about it. There are a lot of people uh, that I saw talking about, you know, like the conservation park, for example, and how much it meant to them. And I thought, I wonder how many people after, once this is all opened back up again, which the conservation park has, how many people are going to be going down there and going, you know what, maybe we should check that out because it's been a while. And I think it's been, that whole area has been on everyone's minds, you know, obviously with what's happened since the fire and I think it's kind of revitalized that kind of spark in people that we've got a lot right here in Mount Gambia that we can check out. And it's pretty incredible.
0: Hey, Josh, it is always great to uh, to do a bit of gossiping about what's going on locally and a little further afield this morning. Mate, we'll catch up next week. We'll talk again, all right? Sounds good. Now, Limestone Coasters across Australia at the moment with the floods that are happening in New South Wales and Queensland, the SES are just proving how valuable they are. And here in the Limestone Coast at the moment, the SES need volunteers. Matthew's here to tell me all about it. Matt, good morning. Good morning. How are you? You're good. Now, Matthew, I suppose at the moment the the best advertisement for the SES is what is going on in Queensland and New South Wales. Um, How did you become part of the SES locally?
3: So I uh, joined back in 1994. Uh, one of my mates was a member and invited me to come along and have a look and have a try. Um, I went went in on a Wednesday night and, uh, yeah, been there ever since.
0: What are some of the, the things that you've been able to do as being a part of the member of, of the Met Gambier SES?
3: So being a member of the SES, uh, I've had... Um, many many um different uh workings so you know um over the time we've done done road crash rescue you know there's rope work we can do uh vertical rescue um storm damage uh storm and water damage um search and rescue urban search and rescue yeah you know, there's so many different things uh, first aid and a lot of these things have combined into um, careers that I've taken out over the year. Um, so I've taken into the workplace and it's just formulated from there.
0: Mm. Uh, Matt, what's it like to to be confronted with scenes of devastation? I mean, it, 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 storm damage is one thing, but, but going to, for sake of argument, a, a road crash... Uh, it, it must be um, it must be hard to do.
3: It can be hard to do, yes. Um, it can be very confronting and uh, very surreal. We, as an organisation, have um, systems in place. If we do come across something, and it does affect us, mm-hmm. we've actually got systems in place where we can help our members out, and you know get them cancelling and um, help them out further along down the track if that ever happens. Mm.
0: Matt, for people who have always thought about the idea of volunteering uh, for an organisation like the SES, what's the the best way to do it and and what would would your advice be to anybody who's contemplating it?
3: Uh, For anyone that's contemplating it, give it a go, come and have a look. Best way to do it is either contact the State Emergency Service on their volunteer recruitment line, which you'll be able to find online. Um, there's posters around um, everywhere in the southeast, um, So the southeast District, you know, there's Keith, Border Town, Kingston, Millicent, Mount Gambia. Have a look at one of the posters that are up in the shops. Um, they have a QR code. You can click on that or take a photo of that QR code and it'll take you to the recruitment link. Um, even come in, uh, to one of the training nights, um, find out your local training night. So Mount Gambier, um, is Wednesday night. Uh, we start at 7pm, come in, meet the guys, um, and have a chat.
0: And, uh, Matthew, after so many years of being part of the SES here in the limestone Coast, what would be the, the best thing that's come out of that for you?
3: Best thing that's come out of the uh, being a volunteer of the SES here in Mount Gambia or actually in the state, is meeting new people. Um, I've made a lot of friendships um, over the years. You know, these people that will always be close to me. And another thing is actually being out there and helping the community. Um, I get a lot of satisfaction by just being out there, talking to the community, helping them out and, you know, being there when things are tough and, you know, helping them out in any way that we can. Mm.
0: Matt, great to talk to you this morning. If you would like to become a member of the SES, check out their Facebook page. I'm going to be back for brekkie weekday mornings. Don't forget, if you want to catch up with what is going on across the limestone Coast, download the Listener app, search the Mount Gambier Local Guide. Have a great weekend.